WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 77, all about Two Towers, Extended Edition, Disc 1, being the 77th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined once again by Cassandra Norman of Lord of the Rings Minute. Welcome back, guys. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. I believe last time you guys were on, we were destroying the ring in Return of the King book. Yes. Yes. That seems like years ago now. I know. That wasn't very (laughs) long ago, though, right? It was like a few months ago. It was like August, maybe. Oh, my God. Yeah. It feels like a million years. (laughs) Time has no meaning in the time of pandemic. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then a major, something major has happened with you guys since you were last on is that you finished covering the movies minute by minute. So what's what's that been like? It's been nice because, you know, like we were a daily podcast. So like not churning out five episodes a week is really Mm -hmm. nice, though we have revisited the movies since then. Um, Because we're recording like our own commentaries for our Patreon. It's it's fun kind of going back and being like, oh, wow, like I haven't I haven't thought about this like fellowship or two towers in a while. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to talk about two towers with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because this is my favorite of the movies. Right. Yeah. So listeners, today we are covering two towers extended edition. So everyone get off my back. (laughs) I've got two out of three (laughs) of the extended editions under my belt already and uh, still got still got Return of the King to go. But honestly, actually, though, I prefer the method that I've been doing where I cover the theatrical versions and then only when I'm done covering them. Do I watch the extended? Because I still have these moments of surprise of like, oh, my God, this is a new scene. Like it's a it's a new experience rather than it like mm-hmm. all being over at once of me being like, well, there's nothing new left to experience. I guess I'll just go curl up in a ball over here and, and cry. <laughs> so <laughs> shoot, I meant to look up and see how many I think it's like 42 additional minutes of content. Let's see. That sounds right. Um, that sounds right in my heart. <laughs> 45 minutes of new material, added special effects and music, plus 11 minutes of fan club credits. We are not covering the 11 minutes of fan club credits, but uh, <laughs> you can do that at home if you'd like. Right. Just 11 minutes of scrolling blocks of names. Yeah, just names. <laughs> the first scene for extended edition is actually, it's pretty much like right off the bat, um, after Frodo wakes up from this nightmare, it's called Elven Rope. And this is an added scene where we see more of Sam and Frodo struggling by themselves and not doing very great. And I get why it was cut because we don't we have another two and a half hours to go. We don't we can't <laughs> do more of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so we see and this is actually I think this is how book Four of Two Towers starts off. This is the first chapter we have with Sam and Frodo in Two Towers is them trying to like climb down a mountain and they can't see where they're going. And they're using this piece of rope. And Sam is just really happy about the rope. And that's kind of, the rope is a very major character in this chapter, I remember. <laughs> I actually I love this little scene with with Frodo and Sam though the the thing with the spice box and Frodo very just indignantly like roast chicken yeah 
Yeah. I it's do so I do appreciate the shenanigans of them. Yeah, so as they're climbing down, something falls out of Sam's pack and Sam is like, "Get it, Frodo!" as if it's like <laughs> a human child baby. And Sam gets or Frodo catches it and is like, "What's this?" and Sam's like, "It's some spices in case we have some roast chicken." Frodo in this scene is still he's like still Frodo, you know? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. not he's not sad ring Frodo yet. And that's kind of that's all that's all that happens in this scene. They just fumble around. Oh, Sam go he's like, Oh, too bad we can't get that rope back because it's tied all the way at the top of this rock. And my knots are really good. And he tugs on it like a tiny bit and it all comes Loose. crashing down at his feet. Yeah. And they just look at each other. Real Elvish rope? Yeah, the Elvish rope. hmm That um that lady Gladrio. I, I say that line all the time right yeah just real elvish whatever it is real elvish rope yeah real elvish cape real elvish bread i don't know bread mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i also actually i should have i guess i should have start- said this before we started talking about the scenes kind of but like kind of my overarching thoughts of the extended edition i appreciate it as an experience however i've completely and i understand i'm in the minority here um, and I can already hear all of the all of the tweets and the hate mail coming in um, <laughs> that I don't think the extended editions are better than the theatrical editions. I think they just have more content for you to sit and it and you're like, these are my favorite movies. Of course, I would love to watch another 45 minutes of it. Like, are you kidding me? I don't think that necessarily means that these are better than the theatrical editions. That's fair. We actually had a few guests on our show um, that were very much like theatrical, like ride or die. Um, yeah. I grew up with the extended. So like I hadn't even seen the theatrical until we started our like Lord, like doing a minute by minute. Um, I think um, I think Two Towers gains the most from the extended content. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't really like the two towers movie like of the three of them it's my least favorite uh yeah it's not my favorite either yeah that's okay because i have i have a lot of beef with the way that they structured two towers mm-hmm. because faramir is my favorite and they completely did him dirty and the only reason they did him dirty is because they wanted helm's deep to be the climax of two towers and so if you stretch out that plot line you have to stretch out all the other plot lines that happen to the other characters and therefore you have to you have to do something with Faramir's character to make it so that Frodo and Sam stay with him longer and what they did was decimate him (laughs) well so all right I'm gonna defend I'm gonna defend movie Faramir here because I originally was a movie Faramir hater we're not there yet but it's it's not just that it's also that they felt like his his character would be too close to the to Aragorn as the main protagonist too. So they felt like Faramir I, had to be different for a movie audience, which I completely understand. I I do under I do get that of the like one thing I do understand is like, well, we have this moment in Fellowship of the Ring of Aragorn, like a very small moment of him thinking about taking the ring from Frodo. And then he, you know, closes Frodo's hand and is like, no, it would be weird to have Faramir just not be affected at all when you have Aragorn, who is supposed to be this big, important king, is tempted by it, even if it was for a moment. So you have to show that, like, if Aragorn is supposed to be, like, the best man alive, 
then you have to show these other people kind of struggling. So I get that. Mm-hmm. We will for sure dive more into into Faramir in his character. <laughs> I wrote more than a pay, a full page of notes for that scene and all of these other scenes I should add are more like three to five bullet points and that scene mm. was a full page so <laughs> I had a lot of thoughts and I'm feelings ready. yeah so this first scene um, I get why it was cut we don't need more of Sam and Frodo fumbling around we get that a lot and also it kind of starts the tone the tone is very different for the movie when you have this scene of them like joking around and be and having like lots of humor. So I kind of like it that in theatrical edition, I think it it goes from Frodo waking up to them walking around and being like, Frodo's like, that's because we've been here before. Mm -hmm. The tone is more bleak. It's a lot more serious, their situation right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a little more serious than the theatrical. And so the next scene is Taming of Smeagol, which is extended. Before Smeagol shows up, we have this one extra shot of Frodo and Sam sitting in the rain and Gollum looking over them. And that's Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) And then we have the regular scene plays out where Smeagol shows up, they take him and then they put the rope on him and he's screaming and so they agree to take him off the rope and then Gollum and Smeagol start like talking to each other again kind of and then he like runs off and Sam is like well there you go that was a great plan he's already left us (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and then Gollum pops up again and it's like this way hobbits is and that's the scene which I don't necessarily understand what the point of that was. I guess to show that he's erratic. I don't know. I, it's to. I think it's mostly to tease at the split and some of the. Uh, I I think it's to tease a little bit ahead of time that scene that's going to happen when he pushes Gollum out of his head for a little while. I think it's to tease that split a little more directly earlier in the. Hmm. I think that's. Yeah. I think that's the major purpose of it. The cut to the cut in the extended version of the movie from Frodo and Sam, and then Sam talking about the rain clouds to them sitting in the rain makes me laugh every time I watch Two Towers. <laughs> it is kind of humorous. They are just they're just sitting there huddled, like, oh my god, what have we gotten into? <laughs> is is Gollum screaming like a feral cat? Uh, extended only, where he's just. Before, no, like, that is in theatrical. Okay. Uh, don't you worry. <laughs> Good, because I, lo- I love Gollum <laughs> acting like a feral cat. Yeah, don't you worry. That is in theatrical because nice. I remember every time I have to. I'm contemplating getting the 4K DVDs, which I wasn't going to get. I wasn't going to get at all. I wasn't concerned with 4K at all because I was like, I don't need a second or third set of these movies that I didn't even know of until two months ago and pay $90 for it. But I've heard that the sound mixing is so much better and I would pay $90 just so I don't have to grab my volume remote for my fancy speakers that my dad bought me that I didn't necessarily ask for. And I'm just like, (laughs) I don't need something that has a separate remote for it, please. But whatever. That's funny. And you have to fumble with the remote and turn the volume down every time Gollum screams and then turn it back up every time Frodo's talking. <laughs> I don't know if you guys also have that experience, but that's what it's like whenever no. I watch these movies. I um I feel like it's really like the volume, at least on our DVDs, is like super quiet. Like we always have to crank it up. Yeah. And then when we like watch Netflix or something, the volume's on so loud. And I was yes. like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Like 
the the sound on the DVD, we have to turn the TV up to like 15 or 16. Yeah. And then when we're watching it's like Netflix, six. it's down to like six. Because <laughs> we're old people. Mine's yeah. like the opposite. I have, um, yeah, I think when I put the DVDs in, I usually have them on my stereo. They're at like a four or five. And then Netflix is like an 11 or two. There's no consistency with volume with streaming apps is what I've learned in the past mm. couple months from being home and watching multiple streaming apps. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and even there's no there's no consistency between just like different videos on the same streaming app, even like Netflix movies. They don't like place them with oh. all the same defaults. They're all over the place. The worst is Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra on Netflix. I love them both. However, the Nickelodeon intro that they have at the start of each episode is like 20 times louder than anything yeah. you've ever played on your TV. And it's... <laughs> jarring and then as soon as the like four seconds is over then you have to turn it all the way back up to get the anyway <laughs> anyway first world problems literally right like uh, i have yep. to turn my volume up and down every time i watch avatar on netflix it's so annoying no i've heard the 4k lord of the rings is like really pretty but like we, we don't own a 4k tv so there's no point in investing That's in that true i'm happy with my first release extended dvds <laughs> it's just not the same without a little bit of you know blurry kind of greasy looking quality to it and and having the what i noticed oh i didn't i didn't explain so how i prepared for this episode is the same thing that i did for the fellowship episode which i found out worked really well is i put the extended edition on my tv and then the theatrical edition on my laptop and I sync them up for scenes that are that I know are extended and then when it gets out of sync when the theatrical edition gets ahead I pause it and then I let the extended edition play out and then I let it get in sync again and that's the only way that's really the only way to be able to tell and be like oh I see so they cut this scene and they moved it from Saruman actually saying it to you just hear him saying a voiceover and it is insane I understand that <laughs> god what was the I forgot even like That's what the so point extra. I was trying to make was I love it so much <laughs> oh oh it was that um I noticed for the first time last night that on my computer which is the theatrical edition it has this like blue tint over everything and then the I have the blu-ray box set of extended edition so I guess it had been remastered when they released that or cleaned up a bit. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense. They would they would do some rebalancing for Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is ironic. They made it less blue for <laughs> Blu-ray. Anyway. Well, all right. So the next scene. <laughs> so our next extended scene is with the Uruk-hai and Merry and Pippin. And God bless Pippin. Oh my god, so Mary's not doing so hot. He's still passed out, and Pippin's very concerned about him. Um, and then the orcs stop and have a conversation with each other, and this is basically just like, this is exposition for people who walked into the theater with their friends because they were bored and they have no idea what happened in Fellowship. And it's the orcs being like, where were you? You're late. Oh, we're coming from Isengard. Saruman sent us. Well, we have the halfling, so we're more important. And just just a lot of like explaining what's going on and what they're mm -hmm. doing. Pippin is super concerned for Mary and is like, you need to help my friend. He's sick. And they pour the like orc 
draft down his throat and then he wakes up and Mary goes, oh my God, my heart. He goes, it was all an act. Don't worry. I I even fooled you, Pip. Aww. And it's just such a sweet moment of Pippin is trying to look out for Mary and Mary, even while he's hurt, is still looking out for Pippin and is making sure that Pippin isn't scared. And uh, it's going to be a common thread for throughout this episode, uh, but but I love it. I love all of the Merry and Pippin stuff. Nice. Also, anachronistic orcs, part one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how do they know what a menu is? I don't know. How do they know what medicine is? They're like two months old. What? That's true. I've brought up the point. How do they know what a boy is? How do do they have a concept of of of, of gender? gender? You know, they're born from pits of mud. And do they have a concept of what a boy as opposed to a man is? You know, questions, people, questions. Right. Uh, Calling them murder toddlers for four years. So why didn't we ever talk about that, Norman? I don't I don't know. We got we got way off on on orc stuff and orc gender before during Return of the King. And and fellowship, right? Because we the like the the weird Moria orcs versus all the oh, other yeah, orcs yeah, yeah. that we see. Because are there goblins? Are there not goblins? Can you make up your mind, Tolkien, whether or not they're different? That's what I'm so confused about, is there see- there seem to be so many different kinds of orcs, and some of the I'm not necessarily, like, I don't understand necessarily what exactly Saruman has been creating, because at Helm's Deep, they're all his creations, but some of them look a lot more like goblin-y, like lizard man-like, as opposed mm-hmm. to the orcs that we saw in in Fellowship. So there's a lot of there's a lot of gross creatures going on. Yeah. Like overall, there seems to be three kinds of orcs in the movie, not counting the Urukai. There seems to be kind of three different kinds of of orcs. There's like the orcs from Moria, which are like very small and gray and spindly. And then there's like these slightly larger orcs that you see sprinkled into the Mordor orcs that are still like relatively dark skinned. And then there's the orcs like the guy that we call Parrot Chompy. I think his name is Grishnak. He's the guy in charge of the guy, the the orcs that uh, the Urukai run into here. Uh, in this scene, the one, he's the that, one that tries to that chases Mary and Pippin. He's the one that chases Mary and Pippin. Yeah. I think his name is Grishnak. The one that, that like he has like a more nasally voice as opposed yeah. to the deeper voice of the other orcs. Yeah, and then like also sprinkled into the orcs, there's like the yellowish green skinned like almost noseless ones, like the guy with the skull on his head in Return of the King. Yeah. So there's there's a few different what designs. About, um, what about our pal? Um, oh, Gothmog. Gothmog. Oh, he's just supposed to Why be Why are like, they all G names? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Gothmog is my boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Favorite orc. MVP. <laughs> uh, Look, it's it's Tolkien. He he has a formula. He's like, every person from, from Rohan has an AO in their name. All of the orcs have a hard G in their name. And... He, he's got to follow those formulas, you know, because how else would he confuse you otherwise? Well, uh, every, everyone from Rohan has a, an AO in their name because AO means horse and not Rhyric. Hama, not Hama or, yeah, not Hama or, or Gamling. Gamling. Does wait, does AO really mean horse? It means horse, <sighs> Rhyric, I believe, is, is the is the thing. Yeah. Uh, Tolkien. <laughs> so it's just in everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's like, I want to make sure. Everyone knows these people love their horses. 
They are horse people, but not horse people. Mm. <laughs> oh no, they are they're all horse girls. They are all horse girls. Aragorn in particular, which we will we will get to uh, mm-hmm. at a later scene. Yeah, so this scene is just yeah, shows more of Merry and Pippin. They really cut up so much of Merry and Pippin's plotline in Two Towers, um, especially with the Ents. And that's what that's what pains me also about Two Towers is because that was my favorite part of t- no, I don't know necessarily if that was my favorite part, but the Ents. Oh my god, I loved the Ents, and they cut up so much of it for Two Towers, and they also changed a lot of Treebeard's characterization too. And so, I do, I, I, I did enjoy watching the extended edition just to get these extra Merry and Pippin and Ent moments. Mm-hmm. So our next scene is called the Burning of the Westfold, and this is extended, and this is when Saruman, uh, we cut to we cut to Isengard and show Saruman and what he's up to the only thing that's added into this that's different from theatrical is it's just him talking to an orc being like I want every all of these guys armed up and then the main leader orc I don't know (laughs) I don't know what the hierarchy is of this Isengard orc administration going on here but uh, he's like, we don't have enough wood. We don't have enough fuel to make all of this armor. And Saruman says, use Fangorn Forest. So we basically just get a lot more context for for Saruman being being a dick to mm-hmm. trees. <laughs> the way that Orc says yes at the prospect of burning Fangorn Forest is the best. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> And uh, and then we do have one quick scene of the leader, I guess, of this random of this village, these uh, like outlaws pledging his allegiance to Saruman. And I don't understand what he cuts his hand with a knife. And I'm like, you're not even doing it over like a flame or a, a potion or you're not like even you're not like doing a, a white palm, but with blood face palm on Saruman's head <laughs> with it he's just cutting his hand and it's like here here it is I guess I've seen that in other stuff you're he's just making, shedding blood to like seal like a an blood oath. oath right yeah also aren't yeah. like the, the people in the book if I recall correctly hmm? the wild the wild the men. wild the wild men around Rohan they're in the book aren't they well so they are but we don't really see them that's what these guys underneath the dude that cuts his hand are supposed to be. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they're supposed to be men or whatever they're called. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. Um, yeah. In the book, because we only are from the perspective of, you know, the fellowship, we don't see what Saruman's doing. So we don't see any of Saruman's like gang, I guess. I don't know until I think until like we get to scouring of the Shire, maybe mm-hmm. of like, oh, OK, we're finally they've been they've been in the background doing all of this other stuff, but we don't actually see it until basically until the end of Return of the King. So um, it is still cool to get to see the other side and get to see more of Saruman and his doings. Yeah. Evil doings. So our next scene is called Massacre at the Fords of Aizen, and this is an added scene, so it's not in the theatrical at all. We see the scene of what happened to Theodred, and Mm -hmm. they're at the Fords of Aizen, obviously. The Rohirrim show up, and there's just silence, and all you hear, like there's no added music, you just hear the rain, you hear the, the horses or the men walking around and they're checking the bodies they're looking for Theodred and 
again, I mean, like I like get I like getting to see these other things that are not from the perspective of the fellowship that we don't get to see when you're reading the book. But it's not about our main characters. So it was cut. So I get that. Any excuse to see um, Carl Urban like dripping red wet? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that's that's um, that's like literally my note about the next scene. (laughs) Nice. Very similar. Um, yes, yeah, so the next scene is called Banishment of Aomer, and this is extended. And the only part that is extended about it is you just see Aomer says, like, oh, you don't have permission to banish me. And Wormtongue holds out a like decree that he tricked Theoden into signing that morning. And mm-hmm. you just it's just like a little bit more of of Carl Urban uh like fighting back and being held back and like wanting to punch Wormtongue and being a lot more rugged. And I'm like, I mean, I'll take it, of course. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Right? Why'd they cut this out? Dang. Just always more Carl Urban, duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I actually do uh do like the moment of Wormtongue showing that he because you see Theoden's signature is like really sloppy, and either Wormtongue forged it or Theoden is just not in his right mind and he can barely write. So I do like this added moment of like, you can really see how Wormtongue is manipulating him and Theoden mm-hmm. just doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Brad Dourif is great. I, I would watch way more of Wormtongue in this movie. He is, I, I agree with you that he is really good in this role, but to the opposite result where I don't want to see more of him because, because he is so good in it, you know? Yeah, I think, I think there's like a good amount of worm tongue it's like the perfect amount he's just so convincingly mm. slimy yeah i don't uh, want more of that yeah this movie is already like three hours long i, I just mm-hmm. right yeah, but now that we're done covering him bit by minute i can wish for more no if I want. no no because then people are gonna be like, come back and i'm gonna be like no no <laughs> i'll whisper no <laughs> it, it is scenes like this with extended where what was cut from extended to go to theatrical is maybe like five to ten seconds worth of screen time and i'm like that was nothing you should have just kept that in yeah but they add up yeah but you're already going to be there for two hours and 40 minutes might as well be there for two hours and 45 minutes you know (laughs) yeah but you can just push that further i'm here for two hours and 40 minutes what's three hours like whatever it is a it is a slippery slope yeah you just keep justifying it to yourself so you have to be really harsh about where you cut stuff in yeah the, yeah in the cutting room yeah Ugh, whatever i just like carl <laughs> urban um yeah and it's also oh wait no we do see him again later i was gonna say and it's also a shame because like this is the last you see of him in two towers but he does they they have a scene briefly later on so our next extended scene is night camp at fangorn and this is mary and pippin with the orcs and this is oh wait no I was mixing up meets back on the menu happens now, not in the other scene. I mixed that up earlier. It's all fine. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, because they talk they talk about medicine in the first one, and then yeah. like the menu. Yeah, right, it's, right, right. I don't know why I always think meets back on the menu is the first scene, but it's not. It's the second one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they just again, it's more of the of the orcs. They're like 
conversing in a way that provides a lot more explanation for why Merry and Pippin are there and why they like why they haven't been killed yet. And the orcs are like, we can't kill them because Saruman wants them alive. And Pippin's like, they think we have the ring. And Merry's like, if they know that, well, they'll kill us. So shut up. So just providing, again, more exposition for people who probably might not have seen Fellowship of the Ring and just like came into the theater with their friends who had seen it and their friends are like please don't ask me any questions throughout this movie thank you <laughs> i think we've all been we've all we've all been the friend at one point who has no, who has like walked into a sequel with their friends and then you've also been the friend who has taken your friend with you to see a movie that they know nothing about i don't know if i've ever done that yeah i don't think i ever have either oh okay well i have <laughs> uh specifically i went i i remember i went to go see the second thor movie and Mm. i hadn't seen i like hadn't gotten into any of the marvel movies at that point well that sure wasn't gonna help you do so no that one's not great i i just went because i was i was like home for thanksgiving break and two of my friends were also home they're like we're gonna go see this movie want to come and i was like yeah i want to hang out with you guys and they're like cool it's thor too and i'm like cool (laughs) (laughs) i know nothing about that movie couldn't tell you anything um chris hemsworth was there yeah he was there and then i was also like what's up with the hammer and and it was also confusing because one of the characters in that movie like her running joke is that she never says the name of it right Mm -hmm. so i the whole time i was like i don't know what this hammer is called I uh, I will defend that movie because I really like Thor, but like that's not a great like entry point to the MCU. <laughs> yeah, I've been told later on. Yeah, exactly that I I picked I picked like one of the worst probably to just randomly yeah. walk into a theater with friends. <laughs> oh my god, you've seen you've seen other Marvel movies though, right? Yes, by now I have, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh God, is this your is this your new Lord of the Rings project when you're done with these? No, 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 no. <laughs> Although I could I guess I could do a I could do a spin-off for the Thor movies because I never I I still haven't seen Thor one. I remember nothing <gasps> of Thor two and I haven't seen Ragnarok either. So Oh my god. I could I guess do a spin-off for just the Thor movies. If you if you need a co host, like legit hook me up. I I, I <laughs> I love those so much. Anyway, tangent time. <laughs> there is no Thor in Lord of the Rings, unfortunately, for us all. Uh, well, Carl Urban is in the third one. That's true. There we go. Connections, people. Connections. And so is Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yes, that's also true. <laughs> I'm sure there are actually, there's there's bound to be a lot more crossover. So it works. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so yeah, that's all that happens in the extended for night camp at Fangor. There's just more of the orcs talking right before it goes. Because the, the scene that was cut for theatrical, it's them being like, why can't we eat them? And then they have like a little bit of a fight and then it just cuts right to one of the orcs getting his head chopped off and the meat's back on the menu, boys. Mm-hmm. But uh, with extended edition, there's a bit more of a dialogue and then you get meets back on the menu boys it's just peter jackson being his truest self in that moment yeah Mm -hmm. so our next extended scene is passage of the marshes and we have this added scene where frodo and sam and Gollum have stopped to 
eat and rest. There's a couple things that I've noted that like I noticed with Fellowship Extended and like the things that they cut. And in Extended Edition Fellowship, they like really hammered in that like, hey, Boromir is going to betray everyone to the point where you must think we collectively as an audience have one brain cell. Like we get it. He's <laughs> bad news for extended edition two towers there's like two things that are recurring themes that i notice and one is that they really make sure you know that sam does not like Gollum. Mm -hmm. we have a scene of Gollum groaning about starving and being famished he's so dramatic by the way he like flops over and like falls dramatically to the ground and is like starving and i'm like shut he must uh, <laughs> Cassandra's most quoted line from these movies. What? That's a lie. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. love I know. how <laughs> everyone kind of has those random lines that you just say for no reason at all. You know, I feel like my most quoted one is actually 21. Nah. Oh, maybe. I, but we, mu <laughs> we must starve very close. Yeah, <laughs> I say I say man flesh all the time, but <laughs> not in an orc voice. I say it. Have you have you guys seen the orcs with normal voices? But he's yeah. I say I just say it as man flesh, <laughs> man flesh, man flesh. <laughs> right, in normal, uh... normal American affectations instead of their weird Cockney British accents for some reason. God. It's so funny. And that guy is so he's so smart for doing. I'm also just really happy that like I got to be in on the joke as it was happening because these are recent videos from like yes. within the first one came out last year and then it like recently went viral in the last couple weeks. And so he did more because of that. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm actually it would be like if I was actually there on the Internet when they're taking the hobbits to Isengard was, you know, put on YouTube. Or I guess oh, that would have been before YouTube. Too. Everywhere. Yeah, because that. I that think that out? originated on You the Man Now, dog. Oh God! In the the before days of the internet. <laughs> yeah, I, I think taking the Hobbit Isengard is from YTMND. Jesus, why do you know this? Because I was the meme <laughs> lord <laughs> in in meme culture's infancy. I love remembering days of the old internet. You know, like mm -hmm. albino black sheep, and when Newgrounds was worth something to go to. <laughs> My friend and I would watch, like, for hours, we would watch videos on a website called stupidvideos.com. And, and, like, we just, like, that's what, we, listeners, this is what we did in the, like, early internet ages. Like, we were so starved for, like, we just took anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember going to all those websites on, like, some free proxy server website to use it on the school internet after school. <laughs> like the library computer yeah but then like <laughs> a, a proxy to get around the school like the firewall sensor the firewall yeah. <laughs> which was called bessie at my school oh my god it was like a, like a golden retriever would pop up on the screen that's it's like, so funny it's like bessie says you can't go here <laughs> oh oh i wish i had i wish i had had that at my school for my laptops that would have been no. more fun that would have that would have made accessing free tetris on my computer during ninth grade history more fun if a dog just <laughs> popped up and was like what are you doing here <laughs> you should be paying attention <laughs> anyway okay so yeah passage of the marshes there yeah sam is just disgusted with Gollum the whole time whereas frodo is showing him pity and offers him some of the lambus bread Gollum chokes on it because it's an elvish product uh made with like pure light magic i guess oh and then 
I don't remember exactly what he what they say to each other, but there is another moment of Frodo and Gollum like talking, just setting up that there's this connection forming between them because of the ring and that it's probably going to go in unhealthy directions. Mm-hmm. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> so our next extended scene is called The White Rider, and it starts off with, uh, for, wait, no, what are their names? Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, <laughs> and they're in Fangorn. There's so many characters. Oh my god! It was easier in the books because at least in one chapter, you know, during one episode, there would maybe be three characters. But now it's like all of them are here all of the time. Mm-hmm. So it starts off with them in Fangorn, and Legolas is saying like the trees are talking to each other, and. Gimli is like trees they can't talk what do they know and we do get this like little like kind of a hint at the plot line between Legolas and Gimli in Two Towers I think it starts in Two Towers and Return of the King where Legolas is like Fangorn is beautiful and I love trees and forests and Gimli's like no the glittering caves are the most beautiful sight in all of Middle Earth and so they have this bet that like if we survive this, we'll both go on field trips to each other's favorite locations in Middle Earth together. Mm-hmm. And so this is like kind of a little hint at that because they don't do that in the movie, which makes me sad. But yes. I appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, and also, I will always take more. I will always accept more elf content and I will always accept more int content. And so here we have a scene of Legolas talking about the trees and the forest and I'm like this is great this is the perfect Venn diagram of my interests in this series. <laughs> well he is a wood elf. talking about trees yeah, yeah. I love it <laughs> then it's like literally one line when Gandalf shows up uh, as Gandalf the white and they're like oh we uh, we mistook you for Saruman and he says yes I am Saruman Saruman as he should have been this kind of like provides sort of an explanation of like why why is he back what happened to him why is he suddenly Gandalf the white now so it sort of explains things but still not really because he's still as as Aragorn points out in a second he's still speaking in riddles Mm -hmm. yeah because the whole like Saruman as he should have been thing is like an explanation in passing but doesn't tell you anything unless you Mm -hmm. know more about like the lore of the wizards it's just like this passing reference to there being more there mm-hmm. yeah all it says to me is that like saruman messed up and so i guess it's my turn now <laughs> i mean yeah that's like the long and short of it and then towards the end of the scene gandalf says oh we're gonna go to we have to go to edoras now and the other three are like but what about mary and pippin we can't leave them to their doom and gandalf is like don't worry they're they're well taken care of mary and pippin are going to go on a wild ride, believe me, and says they will be the falling of small stones that starts an avalanche. And I'm like, that's a book quote. I love me some book quotes in the movie. <laughs> uh, and I appreciate, first I appreciate that we have a moment of them showing concern about Mary and Pippin and being like, what about them? Like, that's why we came here in the first place. So we show that like, they don't just like, run away and leave them and they're like oh my god Gandalf is back forget those other guys Mm -hmm. uh and and then after Gandalf says the falling of small stones that starts an avalanche this is when Aragorn said he's like you haven't changed much 
you still speak in riddles. They both look at each other and laugh. And my heart exploded in that one moment. It's like three seconds and I rewound it 20 times of them just <laughs> laughing with each other. I mean, Gandalf is among Aragorn's oldest friends. Yeah. He's known him for most of his life and he's almost 90. That was We'll have to get there in a second, too. That was something for me to learn. Does that not come up in the text of the book at all? No, I don't think so. That must only be in the appendices. Yeah, I haven't read the appendices yet. Because I finished reading, I finished the last chapter of Return of the King. And then someone told me, like, if I were you, I wouldn't read the appendices about Arwen and Aragorn because it's sad. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Oh, no, and then I like so dove good. right into the movies. Also, a lot of the extended stuff in the movies that they wound up cutting, a lot of it comes out of the appendices. A lot of the stuff that's like scenes about other characters that aren't the main characters is because those a lot of those scenes are referenced in the appendices stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. The only the only thing I know about the appendices is that they have like a timeline of what happens to everyone after mm-hmm. where you find out that like Pippin's son is named Faramir and he marries Sam's son. Or Sam that would be fun. They their son's <laughs> married. Gay marriage all around in the Shire. Um, Their kids marry, and then Legolas and Gimli sail off into the sunset together as Legolas is trying to sneak Gimli into the Undying Lands. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I just really want to emphasize how much I loved watching Aragorn and Gandalf laugh together. It was just so pure, and... yeah. I loved it and I want uh I want a full movie of everyone just like sitting around laughing with each other. And but yet, not like the end of Return of the right, King. Right, I was going to say. <laughs> no, but not not in slow motion. Not in slow motion <laughs> is the difference. Is the difference. Listeners, uh if you haven't already, I recommend going to I mean listen to all of Lord of the Rings minute, but I was on for a week where the 5 minutes that we covered together started off with uh the reunion scene after they destroyed the ring and i hate it with every fiber of my being <laughs> i i both feel bad and i don't feel bad because it was a really fun with you oh it was so fun it was so fun yeah but like the one time you're on our show it's like the five minutes you hate the most <laughs> no but then it was no because then we then we had i mean air Coronation Aragorn obviously isn't the best, but we still had a great Aragorn moment. We had we got we got to see the one time Faramir and Eowyn are together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh no, it was good. It was so fun. But yeah, I would if it's not in slow motion, I don't mind when they're happy together, you know? Just don't put it in slow motion and don't put a sepia tone over it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, okay, so our next scene is an added scene, and it's the first of many extra int moments. This is Song of the Entwives. It's Treebeard. He's not really singing. It's more of like a poem, a dramatic poem reading. Mary and Pippin are riding on him in their little perches. And Mary says something like, how long till we get there? And then this is the first time Treebeard says, don't be hasty. And Mm -hmm. in theatrical edition, they cut out all of that. And the first time he says his catchphrase is at like two hours and 20 minutes or something. So it's at Entmoot, right? Yeah, during the Entmoot. Yeah. And so I appreciate that they there's a lot there's so much more characterization to Treebeard that they like originally intended. Right. Yeah. Just give me more ants. Yeah, more ants. In, in agreement. More ants. <laughs> and he keeps talking. And as he's like talking and singing more of the song, 
Mary and Pippin fall asleep and <laughs> I and like I get it. I get why they because they're they're all tuckered out from from running away from orcs. And then you're basically being lulled to sleep by, I'm assuming, it, it, like, if you're sitting on a tree and Treebeard's voice is, like, that low and grumbly, it's got to be, like, equivalent to, like, a cat purring, you know? Mm. It's got to be very soothing to fall asleep to. <laughs> well, I think, like, the swaying motion as he moves That's is, just... it's like, a little, like, I don't and know, he's like, rocking a little sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just John Reese davies does the ASMR. <laughs> I'd listen to it, you know. I'm not gonna lie; I would listen to it. Get some of voice. those, and then, but you also get those naturey sounds in there too, like the you know leaves yeah. and wind rustling. Yeah, I'd fall asleep like, to a soundtrack. Mary like falls asleep like almost out of boredom, but Pippin seems to fall asleep out of comfort, and I think it's a a nice little oh, difference between the two of them. It's so in that cute. Scene. I love them. And Treebeard sets them down and is like, sleep, little shirelings. He says, he's like, I have a lot to do. There are lots of people to call. And it's this like very quick moment that shows that Treebeard is actually a lot more, he's a lot more active in extended edition than he is in theatrical edition. Mm. Mm. So our next scene, I despise. It's called The Heir of Numenor. And this is a added scene that's not in the theatrical at all and it's literally just Gandalf talking to himself this is the worst scene in the trilogy yes <laughs> okay it, thank it you is. <laughs> the worst scene. everything this scene does is done better by the plotting of return of the king yeah <laughs> I understand entirely why this is cut it's, it's like two and a half minutes it's superfluous and disengaging goodbye <laughs> Yeah. And so, okay. So, so what happens in this scene? They have stopped for the uh, Legolas, Gimli, Aragorn, and Gandalf have stopped for the night. Aragorn co- goes over to stand with Gandalf, and Gandalf just does like a summary of events, like for the people who maybe went to the bathroom and then they came back and they're like, oh, what did I miss? This is what you've missed. He's like, Sauron and Saruman's forces grow stronger and this will be a very tough battle, but they don't know that the ring is hidden. And little do they know that it's going that, you know, the fact that we would destroy it has never crossed their minds. And they also don't know that you're here and you're going to be the king one day. Aragorn's response to nothing. It's Aragorn is there and Gan- he's like, do you need me for this conversation? I haven't <laughs> said anything. And you're just talking to yourself for two minutes straight. <laughs> so, OK, so what you just you just gave me a weird headcanon about this scene. Oh, God. He's actually not trying to talk to Aragorn. He's like in his new body and he's trying to have a psychic three way talk with Elrond and Galadriel about what's going on. But he's not used to only talking <laughs> in his head anymore because he has a new body. And Aragorn just like walks oh. up to keep talking to him. That's so funny. That's good. Yeah. Uh, like when they finish, Aragorn's like, hey, just so you know, you were saying all of that out loud. There, there's only one there's only one thing in this scene that's like kind of redeeming about it at all, which is Gandalf's reaction to being told that Sam is with Frodo. I wrote that down. Yeah. Oh, his yeah, because Aragorn tells him that Sam went with Frodo. He looks so happy and proud of them and is like, oh, I'm so glad that Frodo has a buddy to go with. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, because Gandalf's the one that basically strong armed strong armed Sam into going anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> but even that moment, I think that's redundant with something that's extended in Return of the King. I don't remember if it's in the theatrical or not. There's like a moment where Gandalf and Aragorn are talking about Frodo and Sam in Metacell. Oh, before he goes to uh, before he goes to Gondor. Yeah, like before everything with the Palantir. Hmm. I'm trying to I think. It's been a while. It's been a couple weeks since I've seen Return of the King, so I don't remember if that happens, but it sounds familiar, so. <laughs> yeah, so this doesn't do anything different or needed. Yeah, it's so bad. I <laughs> hate it. Anyway, okay, so it was cut, and we're all fine with that. I'm glad I'm glad that like this is a universal agreement here. Yeah, covering this minute by minute sucked. We're just like, well, he's still talking. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about like, everything else except the movie except what he says yeah. yeah so our next scene is also an added scene two towers actually they have a lot of scenes in the extended edition that are just like brand spanking new as opposed to fellowship of the ring where there is maybe like one or two scenes that were totally new and then the rest was just extended uh mm-hmm. they have like multiple in a row are just added scenes yeah two towers definitely has the most new scenes mm-hmm so this scene is called Int Draft. I completely understand why they cut it. It's very random and weird, and we don't it, we don't necessarily need it. It doesn't add a lot to the plot. However, I love it and I want it. <laughs> Fart jokes and all. So it's Mar- so Mary wakes up and Pippin is just like Pippin's just being Pippin. He is sitting by like a little stream and he's drinking some of the Int wash. And he stands up and Mary is like, wait a minute, you're taller than me. And then he's like, wait, are you, what are those tree noises? And Pippin's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So is it, I was under the impression in the book that like when they drink the int wash, so it makes them grow a little bit bigger, that it just kind of like happened gradually. I didn't think that like it was literally like, oh, and now I'm one inch taller. Oh, and now I'm two inches taller. Uh, But that's that's what happens in this scene. And as Pippin is like growing, he has the there are like these tree noises that you you called them a fart joke. I was thinking more of it as like a burp than a than a fart but you know in one better out than in i always say <laughs> and Pip- and what are their names god mary mary, <laughs> mary is mad mary is mad and is like i've always been taller than you and he's like no you haven't mary if there's one thing i'm known for it's being tall <laughs> and so they fight over the ant wash and as they do this they fall into the roots of a tree and this is the only redemption i will get for tom bombadil yes because this is a scene that happens in i can't remember the name of the chapter it might just be the it might have been the old forest or it might have just been the house of tom bombadil but this happens when they're with tom bombadil and the hobbits get like eaten by a tree and then tom bombadil shows up and is like oh stop being mean let them go and then the tree lets them go i like i like gasped i was like oh my god it's happening this is it and then a a part of me a part of me wondered if tom bombadil was gonna show up (laughs) He does not. It's just Treebeard again. It's just Treebeard in yellow boots. <laughs> that would have been so fun if he comes back and there's he's like wearing a yellow hat, right? Just randomly. <laughs> like, where'd you get that? Oh, I don't know. I found it. <laughs> I didn't know they made hats for trees. <laughs> 
so here they kind of combined the old forest and Fangorn to show that Fangorn Forest is, even though not all of these trees are talking and walking like Treebeard, they're still alive and they're getting angry now because of what mm-hmm. Saruman has been doing. So kind of set- setting that scene up for for what happens at the end. Mm-hmm. Treebeard takes them and they start walking off again and he tells them, Pippin, or Pippin asks, like, do you not have any entings? And <laughs> Treebeard says, no, no, we lost the entwives. And Pippin's like, oh, I'm so sorry. How did they die? He's like, no, we we literally lost them. <laughs> <laughs> right? How? Like, how? How is this a thing that happens? And this is my favorite joke that I don't think I will ever tire of. And it's from a moment in the sweet life of Zack and Cody. How do you lose a woman? You forget to cherish her. That's how, how do you lose the int wives? You forget to cherish her. That's so funny. And then he also, oh, and the Pippin is like, oh, what do they look like? We'll keep an eye out for them. And Treebeard's like, oh, I don't know. I've kind of forgotten what they look like. And I'm like, that's just so on brand for the population of men to be like, I don't remember, but we lost them. They were beautiful, but I don't remember anything. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> the ant wives. That'll just never not be funny to me that they lost. <laughs> we lost them. <laughs> that like <laughs> the ant wives were like, we're leaving. We want a better life for ourselves. And the ants were like, no, don't leave. <laughs> just the Willy Wonka. No, please stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they just d- and then they realize later on they're like, "Oh, wait, we kind of need you in order to keep our population going." Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, come back. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so they lost the ant wives. Oh, so sad. But yeah, that scene was cut again. I get why it was cut. It's very su- this is a word that I I know how to spell it and I know what it means, but I can never say it right the first time. It's very superfluous. There you go. Super. It's also goddess. just there for book readers, the the end wives thing. Yeah. It's it's there for me. It's for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh but again, I'll always accept more of the ints. I would have been totally fine if they cut everything else that's extended or added, but just left in all of the int stuff. I would have been like, that's it. That you made a fantastic movie. 20 Oscars go to you, <laughs> sir. So our next extended scene is the King of the Golden Hall. And it's actually right at the very end after Theoden's awakening. And it's a very brief moment where Aragorn goes to help Wormtongue up and Wormtongue spits on his hand. Like I mentioned before, how I've noticed that there are these like common themes that pop up in extended edition. The other one I noticed is they really hammer it in that like Aragorn's going to be king someday. He's very worthy of being king. This is a moment of like him showing pity and being humble and like trying to help up this man who doesn't necessarily deserve it and in this scene also that will come back in a bit this is where Wormtongue notices Aragorn's ring that I knew nothing about that we'll talk about after the next couple scenes (laughs) also for some reason I remember watching some random YouTube it was probably Brad Dourif talking about like behind the scenes stuff and he was saying that like when they were filming this scene he would go to spit and the wind would just like carry it away from his hand <laughs> thinking anyway, about that, more fun thinking facts about that now in like the time of COVID like oh yeah <laughs> right just like you need to spit on him for this scene right no 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 don't do that 
don't do that. There's this one orc at the Battle of Helm's Deep that like sprays like a mist of mm-hmm. like breath and spit everywhere. I'm I'm like you look like the the diagrams and the pictures that doctors are making for like why masks work. Yeah. This is a, <laughs> this is like you not wearing a mask. It's nasty. Yeah, so that's all that happens in that scene. So our next scene is added. It is the funeral of Theodred. Again, I get why I get why it was cut. Uh, we don't really need it. I honestly like it a lot better without the funeral. We see everyone mourning Theodred, and Theodred is like officially put to rest. Eowyn sings a little sea shanty. Not really. It's <laughs> something in Old English that I don't yeah. know. I we were, we looked it up when we were doing our movies by minute coverage, but I don't remember I now. Don't find it. I I love this insert scene, but any excuse for more Theoden and Eowyn is is worth it to me. Do you remember if it was a like? Did they take the song from the book? Like, was it a song that Tolkien wrote? Um, or did they were they just like old English words? Like it. The the wiki page that just popped up when I googled it um says it was written in English by Philippa Boynes, one of the writers of the movie. Oh, okay. And then translated um, by David Salo. Yes. Okay. Now who was like their Tolkien language scholar that was on the movie was David Salo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That could have been a cool that could have been like a nice moment for them to because none of the songs are which I'm not complaining about none of the songs being in the movies, believe me. But that would have been like cool for them to draw in a song from the book in this moment. But they're like Tolkien wrote a whole book's worth of songs, basically, but we're gonna write yep. our own. Um, yep. Where was I? Oh yeah. So, but anyway, so I I do like the theatrical version without this scene better because it cuts straight from Theoden going, "Where is Theodred? Where is my son?" to him standing at his like already closed grave, and it, you get the impression that like, oh, he's already been buried and laid to rest, and Theoden missed it entirely, and it's. To, it's mm. like there's no going back and it's too late for him. It's a lot more dramatic and like really emphasizes the damage that was done by him being under Saruman's influence during that time. I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, that's a good point. I think like Norman and I are like big fans of this scene. Like you were saying, any any excuse to see more Miranda Otto is And Bernard Hill. Like, and Bernard Hill, yeah. Theoden is my favorite <laughs> is my favorite human character across these movies. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because I I really hate Theoden in the movie. <laughs> he's great in this part of the movie and like right after he, where where he starts being awful for me is when he is when Aragorn and Gandalf are like hey bud we think you should do this and he's like no I'm gonna be a terrible I'm gonna be a terrible leader despite the fact that until three hours ago I was possessed by Saruman <laughs> I could hear you just like holding back every thing you want to say with every fiber of your being oh i don't i don't want to make this like three hours because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i could talk about theoden for a while but like the the big thing for me is that the the portrayal of theoden in the movie is this is this thing where they're really trying to emphasize how much he feels this loss and how much he has to protect first like he's he can't he can't reckon with having done so little while under the the sway of saruman and then sending his what le- what he has left of armed forces out to die on the battlefield, he feels that he has more of a responsibility to the people of Rohan first, and any open battle second. Mm-hmm. Also, he doesn't yeah, want to yeah, s- do oh, whispering in his ear to replace Saruman. There's that there's that little tiny thing when Gandalf puts his hand on 
the arm of Theoden's chair is what sets Theoden off. Yeah, because it's the same thing. Yeah, I noticed that. So it's like a really little thing they did in the blocking and the filmmaking that sets Theoden off and puts him on edge about being given advice by this wizard. Mm -hmm. He really was like, I've spent way too long listening to Wormtongue, so I'm just not going to listen to anyone ever again. Which I get. Like he's trying to he's trying to make up for what he did. He's trying to he's trying to be active and he's trying to be like, I'm making the decisions now. I'm the mm-hmm. captain now. But a lot of his decisions are not good decisions, at least at least in two towers. He's also still beset with grief, so of course he's not making good decisions. Yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. I forget all the time like watching watching Two Towers, it's like, oh, this is over the span of like a couple days. And it's like in Helm's Deep, I'll be like, wow, I can't believe that like literally two days ago you were just possessed by by Saruman. That's crazy. Time flies when you're right? having fun in Helm's Deep. <laughs> we uh, we constantly complained about the timeline in these movies. I don't know that it's less than Some a week. Some of it was complaining. It's, it's and less so, than a week. Yeah. There's just how in the hell does all this happen? Like trying to follow along to what tracking it to what Faramir says about Boromir washing up six days ago mm-hmm. and then being like, well, you would try to put scenes in a movie as concurrently as you can when you're going between them. So how long has it been mm-hmm. since the battle uh, well, at Amonhem? Yeah. No, it's been, I believe, I believe, well. Because if the horn washed up six days ago, rivers move pretty fast. So how long has it been since the battle of Amonhem? I think it's been, I think it was like three days because I think the golden trio are chasing Merry and Pippin and the orcs for like two or three days at least say three days Emily says three days and no sign of our quarry yeah. but what bear rock can tell yeah <laughs> and then by the time we get to faramir another three days has passed so yeah and then and then gandalf says the light whatever dawn of the fifth day does he mean does he mean like five days from now or does he mean yeah, like today is november 4th and i think he means five days from when he left because it takes them multiple days okay to get to Elm Deep. yeah yeah, so it definitely I think takes a while. Yeah, it is. It is the span of a week, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so our next scene is what I hinted at. I, I've talked. This is something that I was told about uh, before I watched extended edition, and it lived up to the to the expectations. Uh, it's called Brago, and this is an added scene. They bring in a horse, and they're like. That's a wild horse. No one can do anything with him. It's it's useless. Don't bother. And Aragorn walks over and is like, I bet I can tame him. And goes over and speaks elvish and like pets him. And Eowyn's like, oh, that's hot. <laughs> and <laughs> it is the plot of any horse girl movie or book. Yeah. It's the best. Right. He doesn't even say anything to the guy that's like the two people that are trying to tangle this tangle with this horse. He just like walks over and takes the rope out of one of their hands and drops it. And then the other guy just like, all right, then. And he walks away. <laughs> he doesn't say anything to them. He's just like, I got this. This is also where, yeah, Awen's like, you speak Elvish? He's like, yeah, I grew I grew up in Rivendell. And I don't, I don't remember where I first 
learned and or made the connection that like, oh, Aragorn's Aragorn's dad died when he was very young and then he went into hiding in Rivendell and like Elrond basically raised him and he grew up in Rivendell. I don't like I don't remember exactly when I learned this information, but here you do start getting a lot more background information on like who is Aragorn, this mysterious ranger. And so yeah, so we learned that he grew up in Rivendell and that's how he knows Elvish. Right. His surrogate dad is the father of his lover. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not related. I can't. Very, um, very distantly, aren't they? They are very, very distantly related. Oh, that's actually. true. Because he has, yeah, he has like Elvish he's descended in from him. Baron and Luthien and so is Elrond. Yeah. Uh, look, we're going to look <laughs> past it. I mean, all the, mo- hey, all the more reason why he should have ended up with Eowyn. No yeah. cross-contamination there, you know? <laughs> like Baron and, I think Baron and Luthien are Elrond's grandparents. On his mother's side. That sounds correct. And for Aragorn, Baron and Luthien are like 60 generations back or something. Yeah, at least. I was going to say, yeah, when you say that like, oh, they're Elrond's grandparents, that seems so much worse than just like, they're Aragorn's like great five billion times great grandparents. Yeah, uh, because Elrond is Elrond (laughs) Half-Elven. That's his full name is Elrond Half-Elven. Yeah. (laughs) I just ignore the fact that Arwen is, is Elrond's daughter but then also aragorn is loki his son so it's it's fine we're moving past it right especially <laughs> after aragorn's mother died like elrond is his remaining surrogate parent yeah singular oh my god <laughs> uh However, okay, so with this scene though, I was so Aragorn's like let him let the horse go. He's he's seen too much war. And I thought that I thought that Aragorn was going to take the horse and be like we're bonded now, we're buddies. Uh so cuz it's a lot more random still when he shows up to save Aragorn after he's had a little dip in the river. Mm-hmm. And I I still stand by this statement that the horse that rescued Aragorn should have been Bill the Pony. <laughs> I mean, that actually kind of would have been a like a little bit of a payoff of Aragorn being like he knows the way home. <laughs> it would have been so good. It would have been funny. Whoa. I have a different thought about that scene of the horse rescuing then, Aragorn. But then, like that poor pony, like Aragorn needs to ride the pony to Helm's Deep. <laughs> yeah, the image of Aragorn, who someone told me that Aragorn canonically is like six foot eleven. <laughs> what? Nah, <laughs> that's insane. I think so. Let me let me Google search this. Let's see. Right, what's Aragorn's canon height? Because the, the people descended from the men in Numenor are like bigger and stronger, like men from the first age. Tolkien wrote that he was six feet six inches tall, so he's six foot six. Nice. I uh, I went to school short. with someone who was six foot nine. That's so oh tall. And so his... tall. So just imagine that on Bill the Bear. <laughs> and uh, and he was a freshman, so he probably got a little taller. His... Like Aragorn's yeah. feet would be dragging on the ground. Like, oh, yeah, I I still think it should have been Bill the Pony, but whatever. I guess I'll take Brago. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so Brago. So our next scene is the Ring of Bara here, and this is an added scene. And this is Wormtongue. He's come back to Saruman, and he explains that Gandalf is back, and he was with a dwarf, an elf, and a man. And Saruman's like, a man? Do you think he was from Gondor? And Wormtongue is like, nah, he was just a ranger. Although, he was wearing this ring, which 
is this is it so i guess this might this might be a moment that you guys were talking about that was taken from the appendices because i don't remember reading about like aragorn has this ring that says like hi i'm the heir of isildur yeah the the ring of bear here is like a an heirloom of uh the the house of of uh isildur it's like an heirloom that was passed down through his family so it's something that people that know the history of Gondor and like know about family heirlooms of like royal houses in, in Gondor might recognize. I understand why this scene was cut, but because it, its only purpose is to connect um, Aragorn, Aragorn's existence to Saruman in a way that Saruman would be more invested in in destroying uh, Rohan. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't need to know about like Aragorn being the king right now. Yeah, it's not important to this this movie, really. Mm-hmm. That comes later in a little movie called Return of the King. Wow, imagine that. Uh, <laughs> also, like, the the thing that he's just like, ah, oh, Ranger of the North I took him for, but he's wearing Gondorian bracers. Oh, yeah. He doesn't talk about that. That is true. Yeah, he took them from Boromir, yeah. Yeah, Boromir dropped some loot when he died. <gasps> How dare you? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, the ring of bar here. Yeah, we don't need this scene. Cut it. Who cares? Actually, I literally wrote that. I wrote, don't need it. Next. And again, another scene that we don't need, I think. Is called A Daughter of Kings. This is extended. And it's not actually about the Daughter of Kings. It's about Theoden. And it's just Theoden telling Gambling or Hama, one of them, that his horse, uh, that like, get my horse ready. We're going to go. It, it seems to me, I don't know if it was, if it came off this way to you guys too, but it seems to me, so he says, don't worry, this is not a loss. We will return again one day and this, like, we will come back here. This isn't a loss for us. It seemed to me more like he was saying that to himself than to gambling. Oh yeah, definitely. Because he's trying to justify his decision. Because I think like even now he's like doubting himself. Um so he's trying to justify mm-hmm. to himself while also trying to be like a supportive ruler, I guess. Like, I, yeah. I totally know what I'm doing. I promise. Yeah. yeah. So this is an extended scene. So that's the stuff with that's around the little sword fight with Aragorn and Eowyn or no? Yeah. So the extended scene is called A Daughter of Kings because it's right before we cut to Eowyn swinging around the sword. But it's not actually about it. That happens. That's happened a couple times. Let me see. Because oh, that's actually for the next scene too. So the next extended scene is called "Of Herbs and Stewed Rabbit," but it doesn't happen until the very end, and it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the stewed rabbit. Yeah, they're just naming the scenes based on what they had them named originally, and they're just instead of giving mm-hmm. it a new scene name, they're like it's kind of connected to this scene. It's so extended. It's extended instead of new. Yeah. I should add, though, I do appreciate that a lot of the the quote unquote chapter titles in the sense of like chapters on the DVD menu, they took from the literal chapter titles in the book. So we have mm-hmm. Passage of the Marshes, The White Rider, Urukai, Yeah, Taming yeah. of Smeagol, I think is a chapter title. So I appreciate yeah. that like those are like little Easter eggs for the for the nerds who, yeah, who read the book and have the DVDs. So, uh, yeah, so the next scene is uh, extended of herbs and stewed rabbit. But like I said, it doesn't happen until the very end. It's after all of the Olfonts and, and everything. And they run into Faramir. Ah, my boy. And this, <laughs> this right. is where I'm like, <laughs> that's the Faramir I know. They're looking at this soldier who was killed in the battle. And this is a really great passage in the book, too. And Faramir says it and he's like, 
because Frodo and Sam were like, we're not the enemy. And Faramir looks at this dead soldier enemy that they had killed. And he says like, yeah, he also thought he wasn't the enemy. And he like waxes poetic about war. And was he like tricked into coming? Was he in like the ethics of war and fighting and battles? And was he manipulated? Was he lied to? He probably thought that what he was doing was right. Just like you think what you're doing is right. And I'm like, that's the Faramir I know. Right. Yeah. That, that I love the, the like soliloquy here about the consequences or the, the circumstances of war. It's like, do you think he also longed for peace? Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's so good. But book Faramir like does that. And then nothing about his character after that is about the circumstances of war, which is what they did in the movie, even though they cut this from the theatrical version. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. But I don't know. They just didn't have to. My 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 issue. You know what? No, I'll hold I'll hold on. I'll hold on to that for for a second. But uh, I'm sure we're going to talk Faramir more when we get to the best added scene across all three movies. Oh, my God. Oh, we will. We will. We will. And I just wrote in all caps, give this boy a hug because clearly he's like, it's very clear that like he doesn't he doesn't like war. He doesn't like any part of this. He doesn't want to be here. And I'm like, just come here and I'll adopt you. <laughs> right. Clearly the only person he's ever gotten hugs from is Boromir. Oh, oh. Just a punch in the gut. And that is where we are going to leave this week's episode because, believe it or not, I have a lot of feelings about Faramir. Next week, we will still be talking about the extended edition. The way that I split this episode up, it just worked out perfectly where this week we were talking about disc one of the Blu-ray box set of extended edition, if you have that. And then next week will be all about all of the disc two extended edition stuff. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WB&E. You can learn more about the network by going to WBE.org where you will find all of our other shows like Sincerely Us, which I will be on this week. Yes, that's how time works. I will be on Sincerely Us this week to talk about Starship. And you can also check out our Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Late to the Party. Right now they have a fun Christmas side quest going on. So check all of that out at WBE.org. This is an urgent message. If you or a loved one have been suffering from mild hallucinations, encountering what looked like a a horde of zombies, lack of fine motor function, there was no parking, and I pulled up on the lawn and broke a sprinkler head. The inability to sit for long periods of time. Did you just break the chair? Jordan is holding a chair arm up. Roll to sit. Oh, did not do so good. Trouble using your tools. Are you going to take another smashy smash? I sure am. 13 probably doesn't hit. Does not hit. Sorry about the dice, Scott. (laughs) Or existential crises. And I'm playing Sunny Days, a high elf cleric, a half elf cleric, a quarter elf cleric, a mostly human cleric, a mostly human but with a smidgen of elf cleric. You may be entitled to podcasts. Ask your doctor about Late to the Party, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast for the whole family. Available every other Monday on WBNE.org or wherever podcasts are sold. The cover art is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod, and you can also join the Facebook group, which is linked in the description. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at MCWattsUp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWatt. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers that we have. You can become a sponsor like Johan. And also, 
Joe, okay, so so here's the thing. The name Johan popped up in a conversation with someone recently, and I said, oh, I have a patron with that name. And I said where you were from, and they were like, there's no way that's Johan. It should be Johan. It's it's pronounced Johan. So if I've been mispronouncing your name this entire time, I am sincerely sorry, and I thank you even more for your support if I've been saying your name wrong this whole time. So thank you. Now, for a, a closeout for this week's episode, first of all, Merry Christmas. This will be coming out the week of Christmas. And if you are making your New Year's Eve plans, which by the way, you shouldn't be making plans at all. It should just be you staying in your house alone, which is why the perfect way to ring in the new year is with doing So It Begins right at midnight. And if you want to do that, you can start Two Towers Extended Edition Digital at 9, 13, and 19 seconds p.m. If you have Theatrical, you can start it at 9, 46, and 11 p.m. However, this didn't take into account what do you do if you're like me and you have the box set and it's split onto two discs. So I had to do a little experiment, and I say a little because I literally kept messing it up every time I messed it up, and I did this multiple nights in a row, and I finally got it right. If you start disc two of Extended Edition Two Towers at 10.56 and 12 seconds p.m., you will have Theoden say, so it begins at midnight. And that will be a very fun way and safe way to spend New Year's Eve 2020. And that's what I'm talking about. 